to All Our Pretty Songs. A 90s rock podcast. I'm Seth. And I'm Marissa. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How are yeah, you? I'm good. Um, really pumped about this episode. Soul Asylum. <laughs> Excited to discuss the band Soul Asylum, you know? Frustrated <laughs> Well, anyway, I'm going to be doing that like a hundred times. Yeah, it's the it's the, the the theme song of this episode. I was yeah my 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 box o cassette tapes mm. is no longer on the floor. I think um, someone oh. put it in my closet, but I do Who? have a, a gremlin. <laughs> a gremlin. Was it Dave Perner? Yeah, it was probably it was probably Dave Perner. Oh my god, cool. I wish. Um, he, uh, but I do have um, one one Soul Asylum cassette tape. Which one? Um, uh, Grave Dancers Union. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Grave Dancers yeah. Union. What a Which, title, right? Seriously, like when did it come out? Grave Dancers Union. I think that I, one's ninety two. Okay, that makes sense because I feel like yeah, like that album was like a little earlier than like most of um, what we've been discussing recently i yeah i don't even know what's on what album but yeah i think you're you're, you're definitely right yeah like well, the rest of them came later yeah yeah well so like what's on what album like so did you listen to any of these albums no or? so this is like i'm gonna try to say this and like really i like in some ways my esteem from for this band has increased this week actually but le, but let me just say that uh, is the is the polite way to say it? This is a greatest hits band. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense because I I did I I wrote in my notes this band simply rules, but it's like only four songs that I'm it, referring to. It simply rules, but very simply. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't. I mean, actually, I had like these like um these grand ambitions to like listen to more soul asylum songs because yeah i think i came into yeah. this week with like knowledge of four soul asylum songs and i really pretty much left with a five, like five or six like i listened yeah, yeah. to like those songs and there's such great songs that it's really hard to like even explore tbh the hits are monster hits it's true like they're yeah. really good rock song hits like um but it's true that, uh, yeah, I I think uh, I came away from this week feeling like I love five Soul Asylum songs. Like if I had to put all their songs in love, don't have an opinion about or hate, mm. I, it would be like five songs that I love, like mostly the rest of their catalog that I don't have an opinion about, yeah. and maybe a few things that I hate. Yeah, I don't even. I don't think there's anything I hate. Well, so. Did you like how many Soul Asylum songs did you know before this week? Was a question I had for you. I would have said four. Um. I, yeah, I would have said four, and I I would have, but I would have thought that when I started digging in, I would be wrong, and that okay. there would be like a couple more. You know, we talk about like that thing that happens with some of these bands, where it's like because you haven't listened in so long, you go back and start listening. It's like. Oh shit! They did this song, or like, right? Yeah. Did that happen to you this week? Did you like no. remember songs you had forgotten about? Kind of. The one I'm going to talk about for my number three okay. is like is kind of like that. But yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. 
yeah, I guess I was also just busy this week. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't didn't get to yeah. like spend as much time exploring. But like the songs that played when I was listening to like this is Soul Asylum on Spotify. Like, I feel like it played a few other songs, and I was like, these are good songs. They're good, yeah. you know. Yeah, Wait, that's um, funny. That's funny though. Like, should we, apologies to Soul Asylum that that we've had like a sh- it's a short week. We're doing the best we can. You yeah, know. busy, yeah. just busy this week, guys. We're really sorry, but sorry, we really Soul love Asylum. you. <laughs> yeah, what a name! The, so the Asylum. proof will be in the pudding. We we do. I think we really love a few of these songs. Um, yeah, great name for a band. A lot of great titles going around here Ooh. with this band. Okay, I think like I mean, the like, album titles. The album titles, specifically "Grave Dancers Union" and "Let Your Dim Light Shine." Yeah, those are good names. But also, and the horse they rode in on, or whatever. Like, oh yeah, I, that I was like, like the eighties album. I think that one's nineteen ninety. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh man, they're from yeah, was, Minneapolis, Minnesota. They are. It's true. <laughs> the um, uh, great Grave Dancers Union. Uh, oh, well, like the t- so one overarching Soul Asylum thought I was having is that. I feel like a couple of these songs are asking us to think about um, like economic despair in America. Kind mm, of. Great um, point. And I liked the, so mm. I was thinking about like, we'll talk about the language in some of the songs, but like the idea of a grave dancers union is, is really Ooh. a great, like uh, fun, fun union idea. <laughs> Yeah, no, that is a great union. Yeah, the word union, not even thinking about it in relation to like labor issues. But yeah, that mm. does seem to come up. What did you say? Economic despair? It's in America. Really, in America. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the asylum of the soul, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Um, um, that's funny. That's very funny. Like <laughs> yeah, and we we were talking about um the lead singer Dave Perner last episode because of his cameo in Reality Bites, which kind of reminded us of how much we need to talk about Soul Asylum. Yeah, well, and I in the on the Wikipedia page for Dave Perner, it said something about like he got a he had a role in. It's like they called it a role in that movie. It's like <gasps> oh he's God. sitting on Janine Garofalo's bed for like a second. And has like maybe one line. I think he does say one line, which like what the hell? We should not have exactly a role. Yeah. <laughs> Can't remember what the line was. She's talking about like I feel like in that scene, Janine Garofalo is talking about how like her parents, like yeah, yeah, like it's like her mom goes to the bathroom with the door open, and like she's lamenting about like not wanting to be like her parents. And I feel like Dave Perner like says I'm googling on that. Theme. I'm googling what what does Dave Perner say in reality bites, but it's Thank not imme- it's not immediately coming up. Ah shit! And then I think and then Vicky said, "Yeah, I don't I don't remember." Anyway, okay that that was a useless diversion by us. <laughs> um, what was any other general like general interest soul asylum thoughts that you have? Um, I mean. Yeah, not really. Like, I feel like, yeah, it was like a, it was a cassette tape that I acquired for my older sister, Grave Dancers Union. Didn't really spend a lot of time listening to it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no other you, general did thoughts. You, did you ever, 
did it feel like oh my friends are all into solo stuff like is was it a band that got did it feel popular to you i feel like it's hits felt like huge cultural like yeah uh occurrences that were impossible to avoid or miss or like not feel affected by but the band as a band somehow like didn't feel that way to me yeah i was locating it in a feeling of like when i mean this is from a time in my life where i was into like going to lots of concerts but like I don't think I ever would have bought a ticket to like go see Soul Asylum. Mm. But if I found out Soul Asylum was opening for a band I wanted to go see, I would be like, oh shit, Soul Asylum. Sweet. Yeah. You would be like, amazing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So but that's yeah. like where that's where they fit for me, I think. Yeah, yeah I think that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Accurate. Yeah. Um let's uh let's do songs. Okay, let's do it. So I'm going to start my number three. Uh, it, this is a little weird because it's not a song they wrote. It's written by um, Victoria Williams. Uh, and I, they actually performed it. I should say, it, I'll just say it's a song called Summer of Drugs. And uh, they they perform it, I think, still. But the reason they did it, uh, that Dave Perner did it initially, I guess, is that Victoria Williams got cancer and a bunch of people made like a she was like a folk singer, I guess. And a bunch of people made an album to like help, I think, to help pay her medical bills and stuff. Oh, wow. Like they did like a tribute album, like of cover songs of her songs. Yeah. yeah. Um, But she's still around. Uh, So. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, Nice. But yeah, she wrote the song Summer of Drugs that I had never heard until this week. And it, so it's been really fun listening to the Soul Asylum version of this song and just getting like excited about Victoria Williams. That's kind of a nice thing. Yeah, that's happen. cool. I haven't really listened to her music, but yeah, it's, it's a really great song. And yeah, yeah, I do want to explore more of her work. Um, okay, I'm sorry, but I found the line from Reality Bites. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. I was wondering what was happening over there. You were like, Sort of looking off into space or something. I'm sorry. Um, totally cool. It says that it's like a. I think what I'm looking at here is a Vulture article that's like a listicle ode to Janine Garofalo's character in Reality Bite. <laughs> Good sourcing. <clears throat> and um, it says that one of her many bows, played by Soul Asylum frontman and Winona Ryder's then boyfriend Dave Perner, points out, quote. It's better than having to kiss your husband's ass all the time. So that's his line. <laughs> hmm. Okay. When she says something about like her parents, like don't like that she doesn't want to get old, like her parents, and like that her parents go to the bathroom with the door open or something. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. better than having to. Oh, she wants first kisses and passion the whole way through. 
And he responds, it's better than having to kiss your husband's ass all the time. I don't fucking know. But who the fuck? Who <laughs> the fuck know? Anyway, that I'm glad we've got that established. Yeah, just needed to get it out of the way. <laughs> um, this song, uh, like what really blew my mind about this song when I heard it is that first stanza. It's like, I love mm. when a song has like a really good story in it. Yes, totally. And like, uh, so the the way this starts is my sister got bit by a copperhead snake in the woods behind the house. Nobody was home. So I grabbed her foot and I sucked that poison out. My sister got better in a month or two when the swelling, it went down. But I'd started off my teenage years with a poison in my mouth. So good. It's just such a good beginning. It's like I would read like an epic poem that started that way. It's yes! so good. Yeah, you like sent me the lines. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The you sent me the line. line. I started off my teenagers with a poison in my mouth. And I was like, that's interesting. But like out of context, it's like Doesn't just kind of like a strange image or something. Mm-hmm. But like in context, it's like such an incredible like story and way to like a direction for the story to take oh my god yeah how about some fucking like really powerful show don't tell you know like (laughs) it's just like a like i'm i want to like use this in my like english classes in high school like high school english classes as like a show don't tell example because you immediately it gives you this like it's the whole it's a whole story it's incredible yeah, and, and then it's the like, teenage years is this big like cloud of mystery you get to think about, right? And it's also like I feel like that story reminds me of like um, <clears throat> I mean we keep talking about siblings and like how they influence us, and it's like this it starts out about being about the sister, but then it like ends up like it's not about the sister at all. It's like how this weird like fucked up thing that happened to your sister has like colored your whole life or something yeah. it's just so great so good or that like the thing the things that happen to you become useful metaphors for talking about what's happened to your life or something yeah totally yeah, yeah i really like that um and it's a great it's also one of the other lyrics that comes up a couple times is like mama and daddy could never understand mm-hmm. and i like that it's like a it's also like a parents don't understand song classic in a good good way yeah i love we were too young to be hippies missed out on the love missed out on the love i know (laughs) i wrote that down too oh man we turned to a teen we turned to a teen in the late 70s in the summer of drugs yeah so good well i think the first time it's like in the summer of the drugs right the drugs which is cool um Mm -hmm. There's a couple other ideas that I love in this song. Um, Missed out on the love is one of them. I I was thinking about, were you, okay, like this is a thing I don't think we've gotten into yet, but that makes sense for us to talk about on this Mm. podcast, which is like, were you, how did you feel about the hippies when you were like in, uh, oh boy. I'm sorry, I know. I know. It's too much. Wait, in like the 90s? Like during this Yeah, time? like when you were in high school, like what was, how did the hippies like fit into your like cosmology or whatever? Like, Yeah, I mean like I, well, so I I have a, um, a chat book called Eighth Grade Hippie Chief. You do. I know. I'm sorry. And I to, feel like I'm, it's like <laughs> that, but it's like middle school, maybe even more than high school. Yeah, definitely like um, 
I don't know. I feel like it's interesting because it's like, I guess teenagers now feel about the 90s how we felt about like the 60s. Um, you mean like time-wise? Or 70s? Yes. Yeah, time-wise yeah. and like culturally, like I feel like it's like we weren't alive during the 60s, obviously, and we like right. totally like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think I like thought of, I thought, I definitely like idealized like the hippie lifestyle and like thought it would be like the best time to be alive. <laughs> well, so that's what I'm wondering. Like you said, you said like the nineties are a similar amount of time ago, but it's like, I don't think like I work with high school students. They're not like, Oh man, the nineties must've been great. I think you they know? kind like, of are though. Like math really? students are. Yeah. Like he always talks about how like kids are like obsessed with the nineties. Like his students all like present about like the nineties. They all have like nineties movies and nineties like huh. music or like at least like nineties bands, like t-shirts of nineties bands. So I don't know like what their relationship okay, I see is some to the actual music, but like, I do think it's like similar, like, huh? Okay, good. All right, this I is good know. to know. I, Maybe I, I feel like I'm way off here. I'm gonna, <laughs> um, I'm gonna like poll my students uh, next time I see them, and I'm gonna, I'll report back. Yes, please do. Well, like even like just like style and music wise, like I feel like that certainly is happening, like culturally. Like it's like the hmm. '90s, like fashion has like totally come back, and like oh, '90s true. music has come back. Like even like the aesthetics of '90s music, like. Oh, Okay. I feel like is like cool again in contemporary music. You're totally right. And I think I was thinking about it like it makes sense that I'd be blind that I'm totally blind to that, but like that's that's all definitely happening. I guess the thing I was thinking about is this like romanticizing of the way human beings were in a certain like that there was something that humans had decided was important that the people that we thought were cool from the 60s had like decided was important that we were like valuing like a certain way of being in the world. And I don't think people, I guess that's what I mean is like, I don't think they're looking back at our priorities and being like, Oh, really good priorities. That's probably true. But I don't think I, I was either. Like, I don't think like okay. as a teenager in the nineties, I was like, wow, the hippie movement really had like, they really figured it out. Like <laughs> I just like kind of like <laughs> aesthetically was like interested in it or something gotcha. like I wanted to like wear like I wanted to put a fucking like braid in my hair like yeah, yeah, and yeah. wear like a Grateful Dead shirt like I wasn't like ah like the anti-war movement is really like I don't know interesting. <laughs> no no this is so interesting because like I think I've always just I always thought it was like that there was more going on maybe than there like maybe what we're always doing is just making these aesthetic choices and we're just living in our own times mentally yeah i mean maybe a little bit of both hopefully but yeah mm. it's interesting it's true that you're like what you've said is making me realize that it, like that the aesthetic choices a culture is making is a is a thing i'm not i'm i'm like missing kind of or something like i don't know i, I mean i'm i would i wouldn't be aware of the trend i wouldn't be able to name the trends that i'm seeing yeah around me. i mean like just like i mean we're like doing a 90s rock podcast like it's like i feel like 90s nostalgia is just a thing now you know is that why we're doing this no but like... i mean we've been doing this since we met in like the year 2000 
<laughs> I don't think we're. This is like we both had some we're realization of nineties nostalgia. I wish we were that savvy, or <laughs> like oh I my wish. God. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good point. Maybe we. Who knows what parts of the zeitgeist we're caught up in without even being aware that we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, it's like we're the age of people who. Yeah, I don't know. It's like we are now the age of like the gatekeepers who create culture about our childhoods and also like teenagers are the age that we were when we were looking at the 70s in this way but yeah right no that's true (sighs) lots to think about summer Uh, drugs summer drugs so um i I, the last thing i want to say about this song is the idea the idea that the song expresses that you learn from the teens who came before you, Ooh. which I think is like r- really good and true. It's sort of Wait, related the to the sibling about thing. That? Oh yeah. Oh, just like the whole song is like about like we learned from the teens That's of the late seventies. Right. Oh like, my God. Yes. Learning you, from the yeah. teens is pretty awesome. Yeah. And, but sa- it's like sad in this song and not sad. I think right. it's like, right. Um, there's a lot of sadness in this song, but it's also about like how great it is to be young or mm. like, um, I, I don't know how great it is to be young and how sad it is to think about it. Think about that or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so good. Shall we do your number three tune? Okay. Um, yes. Yes. So, okay, my number three is a hit. It is called Somebody to Shove. Every time flies by like a vulture in the sky. Suddenly he breaks in the song. I'm waiting by the phone. Waiting for you to call me up and tell me. It was on Grave Dancers Union, right? Like, I feel like. I yeah. think so, but yeah, I'll no, look it, it up is. It totally is okay. because I remember I went to listen. Like, when we decided we were going to talk about Soul Asylum this week, the first thing I did was go and like be <laughs> like, I'm going to listen to Grave Dancers Union and like, helpfully, <laughs> the first three songs on the album in order are like the three oh radio hits off the album. So I was like, yeah, I love this band, love this album. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know Woo! all of Soul Asylum songs. Man, it did, was all of their songs hits. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Somebody to shove. Somebody to shove. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at like the um. I wanted to look at the the album again. What do you mean? Um. Just like looking at the song list. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. So it starts because I was wanted to check. Somebody to Shove is track one. Yeah. Black Gold, track two, Runaway Train, track three. That's pretty. (sighs) Pretty incredible. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this song is like. 
it starts off with some pretty incredible lyrics. Like I wrote, mm-hmm. were these lyrics written by Edgar Allan Poe? <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, okay, let me just pull up the lyrics <clears throat> and I will read them. grandfather watches the grandfather clock and the phone hasn't rang for so long and the time flies by like a vulture in the sky suddenly he breaks into song yes Uh (laughs) it's so good what so is this uh, this, can i ask you a question about that part is this song about a grandfather I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know what this song is about. Like, okay, I feel good, like I feel like that part. It just feels like this. Like uh, the lyrics of the song. I love like how hard they're working. <laughs> like grandfather watches the grandfather clock. Yeah. It's just like in- incredible news. Like I know. <laughs> we bow down to those opening lines of uh, Grave Dancers Union. <laughs> we have no choice but to stand. <laughs> Like, yeah, Grandfather watches it. Right, because it's like the whole song is like, so then it's like, of course, the chorus comes next and it's like, I'm waiting by the phone, waiting for you to call me up and tell me I'm not alone. So yeah, but it is weird. Like, Grandfather's watching the Grandfather clock and the phone hasn't rang for so long, but I don't feel like the song's about Grandfather. Yeah, is this a song <laughs> about elder abuse? Like. <gasps> No, do you think? I don't know. It's like a sad grant. It just the beginning makes me think of a, a nursing someone oh, being abandoned. Like I didn't even think like, about that. Like you someone's be been right. abandoned by their family. Like, oh my god, you're right. That's horrible. But then it's not. This is like what I wrote in my notes. Is that this is? I love this song, by the way. Don't please do not take this as criticism of this song. Oh, um, never. Uh, that there's like two songs happening. There's like the right. whatever the grandfather song is, and then there's like the somebody to shoves part. Like, right. That's I guess that's why I like the grandfather narrative kind of like faded to the background for me because like the the right. somebody to shove is like just so overpoweringly like amazing. But you're right. Like, oh, my God, that's sad to imagine like a grandfather watching the in parentheses grandfather clock and waiting for someone to call him. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Suddenly he breaks into song. Is he the speaker of the the... in in that sentence? Yes. I mean, (laughs) oh, my God, this song is just incredible in every way. Full Full of treats. Yeah, it's so good. Um. Uh, you know, there's like a genre. Of, I, I know I'm doing the genre of song thing too often recently, but like uh, waiting by the phone songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great uh, kind of song. Yeah. Like this song and um, <clears throat> excuse me, another song that we shall discuss by Soul Asylum mm. have like the idea of like the phone. Like, yeah, like yeah. calling people on the phone, like waiting for by the phone um yeah like really great song about like the telephone yeah and what it used to be like to like god use it as wait. your primary mode of communication i guess i mean i guess you still we still text but i feel like you wouldn't wait. wait for calls in the same way yeah. um no, it's not the same I oh agree. my god i can't this is really blowing my mind to think that the grandfather is breaking into <laughs> song and then this he's <laughs> 
I was incredible. I was like freaking out about it all week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just read it again with that in mind. Like grandfather watches a grandfather, grandfather watches. I'm sorry. <laughs> and the phone hasn't rang for so long. The time flies by like a vulture in the sky. Okay. Suddenly he breaks into song. Yeah, like colon quote i'm waiting by the phone waiting for you to call me up and tell me i'm not alone <gasps> that's wild to think about grandfather saying these things i mean if it makes sense to break into song anywhere it's in a song <laughs> yeah you know. yeah no it's true um yeah i like also like um when he rhymes insomniac with cracker jacks yeah like a really like classic 90s move it feels like yeah it's pretty rad <laughs> so good you're a dream um, for insomniacs prize in the cracker jacks all the difference in the world is just to call just away like to call away i feel like you're like making me think that i should be um you're you're pushing me to to read these lyrics more closely than well, i was let me add some lad, let me add something to this the somebody to shove part, like I can't picture an old man uh, yeah. letting out anger as a shove. So that part makes me think um, the song is about like a little kid, like, I, and maybe the grandfather is just like the frame of reference of like oh, sadness or something. I don't know, but like, so, uh, like wanting somebody to shove feels like how you feel about sadness when you're a little kid or an but adult who never grew up. Right, wanting somebody to shove. Well, that like but you're then there's sad the, and it manifests as like I don't know. But there's the masterful line break <laughs> of I want somebody to shove slash me, me. <laughs> <laughs> which like takes it to a whole nother place. Yeah, wow, uh, it was it making does. me think about um. What's that song? like? We. Oh, what? Go ahead. No, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I feel like we had a. A very similar, ah, all the all the, all of our pretty songs weeks are con being conflated <laughs> in my head. I feel like we've talked about this idea, but anyway, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, have we? Yeah, maybe we have. It's making me think of all songs of um, <clears throat> "Push" by Matchbox Twenty. Oh shit! Uh, oh my god! My favorite song. <laughs> yeah, the best song I've ever heard. You mean the best song ever written? um like not even joking uh, it's taking everything in me to not start singing that song right now i want to sing it from beginning to end right now <laughs> no, i mean i guess i should save on. this for the meshbox 20 episode but like really a lot to say about that song <laughs> so much to say, so much to, say um, oh, to quote dave matthews Okay, so when he's like, yeah, I want to push you around. I want to take you for granted. That's yeah, I remember. 20. It's like kind of like something related to that. I want somebody to shove. I need somebody to shove yeah. me. I don't know. It's weird. It's like, I guess yeah. both lines are like pretty violent, but also feel kind of harmless somehow. Yeah, yeah. Right? Maybe maybe it shouldn't though. Maybe this is like Yeah, maybe it we, shouldn't. We we weren't worried enough about like masculine male rage in the 90s or something. Like that, Totally. Like, totally. Yeah. I I do remember feeling like the idea of shove actually felt edgy to me when I was a kid and heard this song. It was like, 
oh, that's a little that's a little much. Mm, mm, Soul Asylum. Shove. Like, I was I was a little worried about it, I think. Okay. It felt a little too violent for me. It is violent. So yeah, I shouldn't say it's not concerning. It is more just like that when I heard it, I wasn't that worried. But like now if I heard it, I would probably be like, yeah, that's like kind of fucked up. Like who Yeah, if this song if it came out now, we'd be like, okay. <laughs> Which is the case with a lot of a lot yeah. of these songs. But like um True. But yeah, I mean yeah, shove. It reminds me of like being in like a mosh pit. Like I guess like yeah. shoving is such like a weird way to be violent. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway. When's the last time you really song. shoved somebody? Yeah, great question. Yeah, like it had to have been in a mosh pit. <laughs> huh. yeah, I can't. Because when do you shove? Like I don't go around shoving people. I, I had a fight with my friend Scott in like fourth grade. Oh yeah, like maybe then. Like maybe I shoved my sister in like fourth grade. Yeah. But I probably shoved like an annoying asshole at like a rock sh- at like a concert since yeah. then. You know what I mean? Like someone who's like in your space and you're just like yeah. you hate oh, this I guess person sports and it's appropriate too. to shove them, so you just do. Yeah, that's true. That's, true. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, yeah, sports. Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, sports. Cool. Uh Shall somebody we to shove. You oh, over to Yeah. I have I wanted to Maybe say something else about no. Anyway, let's let's keep that uh, that genre of song of the. I, at some point, I want to talk more about waiting by the phone songs. Maybe. Yeah. But okay. Not, not necessarily now. Okay. I think there'll be an opportunity a little later. Well, and like it could even be in a later ep- like uh, episode. Like uh, we'll come back to this idea. I know, and I'll remember that I had other things to say about it. Okay. Um. My number two. Is black gold. Attracts a crowd like a crowd. Black gold in a white line. Won't you fill up the tank? Let's go for the ride. I don't care about no wheelchair. I got so much left to do with my life. A song that evidently, according to Dave Perner, is about Desert Storm? <gasps> Whoa. Oh. Okay. My thoughts exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's about oil. Well, I f- was wondering, I've always like kind of assumed it was about oil. Yeah, I guess right? that's true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> isn't black gold like oil? Like, yeah. So that's really kind of like the only thing I knew was like maybe what was happening in this song, but like, oh my God, that really, I didn't find that online when I Googled it. Like, I think the the, the um, Wikipedia article for Black Gold gives you like absolutely nothing. nothing. It's yeah. like, there's a video. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I came across some article that was like, Dave, Dave Perner explains the lyrics of Black Gold. Like, <laughs> that somehow amazingly existed. And in some interview, he was like, I think he he said something about like having to do one of those projects when you're a little kid in like elementary school. You have to do like a research project on like a book in the library, you know, like so the teacher is like, do a book report on this random book in the library. And he like blew it off and didn't do it. And he had to make up a bunch of shit or something. Something like that. I I should read it, but I'm not going to take the time to go look at it again. (laughs) But like. He said something like that, and then, like, the memory he had was that he was supposed to do this assignment, and he kind of, like, blew it off, but it was about, like, 
black like black gold was like in the title and the title like stuck with him wow interesting yeah um, no that's really interesting that it's about desert storm according to dave dave, dave Perner. Perner, the, the source itself um because like yeah like i've always just kind of like not really understood what this song is about like i like i feel like Same. um I think I'm like a fairly <laughs> intelligent person, but I was trying to parse yes. this song this week and I was like, the narrative that is unfolding here is just entirely <laughs> over my head. And then I watched the video. Did you watch the video? I though? did not. Okay. Did because not. the video really like takes it to another level. Like it's like, oh. it's definitely like, okay, it's, I thought like, yeah, maybe it's about like an oil rig, like a date, like dangerous, like your, your thing about like labor. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like, um, the wheelchair. Well, the wheelchair is definitely like the line. And I feel like the wheelchair, he says like, I don't care about no wheelchair. I've got s- yeah. so much left to do with my life. And yeah. I feel like the line about the wheelchair is like the line you would underline in a, um, in a workshop, in a poetry workshop, and be like hot spot. Like, what is happening here? Like, this is really <laughs> making me like. <laughs> I've never heard hot spot. Oh, really? Amazing. Yeah, we used to use hot spots. Um, wow. In my MFA program. Oh, but man. yeah, like yeah, in the the video, it's like there's like these two kids playing in a on a playground. <clears throat> there's like these two little boys, and one is black and one is white. This Which, is like, what I, I thought, thought the there was some was kind of like racial component in the song, right? Yeah. And uh-huh. then there's like these old men playing chess. Then a woman emerges who is completely covered in oil. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really a lot. Like I couldn't make heads or tails of it, but it's all kind of coming together. Um. Yeah, I thought it was about like. Uh, I thought it was like in the, in the group of songs that are like white people thinking back to friendships they had with black people when they were kids. Mm. I feel like that's a song that happens. Um, I thought like where it's like, Oh, I learned the, like my lesson that everyone's equal, but society doesn't (laughs) let me live that way. Like, you know, right. It's like moving backwards through time. Never learn. Never mind. That side's yours. This side's mine, brother. You ain't my kind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that narrative is there for sure. Won't you fill but up no. the tank? Let's go for a ride. I mean, there you go. That's Desert uh, Storm right there. Yeah. Um, wow. The, uh, I, for me, this song is all about the way he sings the song. Like, um, mm. it's got, it's just such a good, like, the way it sounds when he says black gold when he gets to the chorus, like, the explosion of that oh is God, really so just good. so satisfying. Um, the other and the line in the song that always kills me is nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. So good. Is yeah. that just like conventional wisdom or did he write that line? Is that like an old folk saying? Like I couldn't find anything. Oh, about this yeah. I didn't even think of that. Two boys on the playground. Oh, here we have male violence again. Two yeah. boys on a playground trying to push each other down. See the crowd gather around. Nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. Wow. And the way he sings it, nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd <sighs> so good black gold black gold in a white plight oh yeah white plight also okay. made me think it was about racism right when you fill up the tank let's go for a ride i don't care about no wheelchair i've got so much left to do with my life oh my god yeah, yeah this song is incredible um 
once I learned that it was about Desert Storm, the line that made me feel really sad was the line, this place just makes me feel sad inside as being about this country. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that line is really good. Right. Sure would like to feel some pride, but this yeah. place just makes me feel sad inside. Mother, do you know where your kids are tonight? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love this song so much. It's so good. I like it's I, not a, it, it's not what it's about that's making me love it. It's like something about the way this song sounds. I just it's so and it good. builds. It's like he kind of like says it, and then at another point he's like yelling it, like the chorus. yeah, the key change. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, like I I think I uh, I texted you this week that uh, choosing between this song and somebody to shove was like choosing between my children. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really glad that you chose this one so that I could feel yeah. okay choosing somebody we, to shove. Yeah, we did each other some favors this week uh, without realizing we were doing it. Truly. Um, Shall we so, move on? Yeah, I think so. Hold on. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk much about I don't care about no wheelchair. <sighs> yeah, what and do you, what do you really make know. of it? Well, once I found out it was about Desert Storm, it made me think about Viet, like the Tom Cruise in Born on the Fourth of July about Vietnam. Like, oh, I've never even made, seen that movie, though oh, I can it's imagine like what it's about. Post Vietnam, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's good, but anyway, that's like my war and wheelchair reference, like yeah, Im- image in my head. No, that makes sense, and like I feel like the um. Yeah, it definitely feels like these songs feel like they just like exist in this like this like yeah, the phrase you used before, like this like very like working class, like there's like some like working class ennui happening in these mm-hmm. songs. Um yeah. but um but yeah, the wheelchair, like, yeah, I don't know. That makes sense that, that would be would be what it's about. Cause yeah, I was trying to figure it out. It's just like it's just hitting me that Soul Asylum is really resisting our our particular instinct to like really try to figure out what these songs are about. Like, I mean, I feel like we're we're doing really great. Like, I feel like oh, both yeah. of these songs I felt mystified by, and you you're helping me figure them out. Yeah, we're talking we're talking it out. <laughs> we're talking it out. Oh, thank God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's uh let's move on. Let's move on to the greatest song ever written. <laughs> so this is your number two. My, and my number, number two. One. Your number one. It is called Misery. <laughs> Like I love that. So it's your number one. I uh-huh. I didn't choose it as my number one, but when you did, I was like, 
ah, that's kind of the move. Like, I I love imagining that. um, I love the idea that this could be Soul Asylum's best song and not Runaway Train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because this song is like, you talk a lot about like songs that are stuck in your head all the time. And like, this is like the song. I am fucking constantly singing this song and have been for like 25 stupid years. Like this (laughs) song is always in my, it's just on the tip of my tongue. Like, I don't even know. I'm always singing about this song. Like, I don't even know why. It's an incredible song. It's like, I think there's like a few, (laughs) sorry. I think there's like a few different moments in it where, you're totally like where the, those it has like a few different parts that just stick in your head forever. You know, it's, it's like, like the, like the chorus put me out of my misery is like a line that is constantly in my head, but then frustrated incorporated is definitely always in my head. Yeah. And like, um, we could build a factory. Yeah. Or, or we like could a build a company. factory and make yeah. misery or company. Oh my God. It's just incredible. Like I, it's like, I feel like it's just like in some ways, like the stupidest song ever. And I just like absolutely fucking treasure it. Yeah. (laughs) I I texted you earlier when I was listening to it. Like, um, so it was was my birthday last week and I was like walking around listening to soul asylum and just like singing this song, like out loud on the streets. (laughs) (laughs) And then at one point I was like gazing at the Williamsburg bridge while this song played. And it was just like the most absurd, like, pairing of like grandiosity with like just like i don't know this song silliness so silly but it's so good i love it yeah i have to admit a couple weeks ago like doing this podcast makes me go listen to 90s music all the time especially like when i'm thinking about what i want to do next and i i like put on misery and like when they got to frustrated incorporated for the first time i was just like like it, it, it is immediately silly to me, but then it, in that moment, it was like, oh my God, that's like the smartest thing I've ever heard in my life. <gasps> Amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just yeah. read, let's read the lyrics just for a moment. Okay. Please All right. Do. They say misery loves company. We could start a company and make misery. Frustrated, incorporated. Well, That's I know just what logic. you need. I might just have the thing. I know what you'd pay to see. Put me out of my misery. I do it for you. Would you do it for me? We will always be busy making misery. Oh my mm. god! Wait, is palindrome logic? Well, like, uh, yeah. Uh, what's the first line? Uh, they say misery they say loves mis- misery company company misery you know oh like God. yes i just yeah it's like it is true what you're saying like it's like in some ways it's like so silly and dumb but it also is like just great it's like yeah. you came up with this really clever a company that makes misery and then it's just yeah. like we will always be busy making misery it's what we as humans are doing all yeah, what's the time the li- yeah, yeah. What's the line? He's like, we'll find the cure. We made the disease. Yes, we'll create the cure. We made yeah, we'll the cre- disease. Oh, my God. I mean, it's like, it's true. I'm sorry. It's like, it it's, is. True. it's true. It's true. Like, yeah, it is true. We'll is. create the cure. We made the disease. Okay, wait. What do you mean? Exactly. 
by that. What do you mean? What, what do, do you mean? think that is saying exactly? Uh, Don't want to leave any um, stone unturned in this song. <laughs> uh, well, like misery is a human, a human created problem, and only humans could fix it or something. Like mm. that we to me it means that we cause our own misery. <laughs> right. No, it's true. Yeah, I just. It's like frustrated incorporated is just it's so incredible and funny. Like put it on my tombstone. <laughs> we need the t-shirts. Yeah. We need we do. them. I do feel like the song is like maybe the most singable song of all time. Like what yeah. you said about like just wanting to listen to it more than any other solo song. So like it's like put every time I put it on, it's been like a decadent treat that I was like yeah. so excited. <laughs> Yeah, my playlist has five songs on it, and this song comes on, and I'm like, oh, I love this one. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so good. I was reading something about how, like, this song, like, um, oh, I think I, let me see if I found it. Oh, this is, I can't, I wanted, I, I Googled it, like, 10 minutes ago and read this and <laughs> okay. did not get a chance, or 10 minutes before we started recording, but basically it said something about how, like, um, the song is like basically it was saying that it like did very poorly compared, <laughs> compared yeah. to like their past hits which is just funny to think about yeah. like the song did it i don't know like it's the best song ever yeah. yet <laughs> tough, tough beat for our guys <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to like follow up like runaway train with this song and like i don't know like but it is so good like i remember like when it came out like thinking it was like so dumb but also just like absolutely loving it so much but what yeah. i wanted to say was that it was parodied by weird al yankovic do you know this i did not know that i didn't even listen to it but apparently it's called syndicated ink Oh, I really want to listen to it. Oh, and also oh. what I learned from the Wikipedia syndicated page is, um, yeah, Syndicated Incorporated, is that the B-side on the single for this song was a Soul Asylum uh, cover of Hope by The Descendants. Whoa. I know. So I went and listened to that for a moment, and it was pretty a pretty straight cover. Yeah. Dave Perner sounding a lot like uh, Milo. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. Oh my god! I, w one thing, one thought I was having about my experience of this song in the '90s is like, is it possible that I was too dumb to understand "Frustrated Incorporated" in like 1995? Wow! Wait, when did the song come out? Was it '95? Oh. I just want I to remember. Yeah, you're right. It's '95 because it was on "Let Your Dim Light Shine." It critically Love suffered in comparison. That's what it said. Suffered. <laughs> It, it sure suffered did. critically in comparison to um, Runaway Train or whatever. If it suffered, could you say it was miserable? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, wait, it's like, possible I think you I didn't understand. I think I was too dumb at 13 to get the joke of Frustrated Incorporated. I kind of know what you mean in a way. Like, it is... It is true that, like, in some ways, when I heard this as a child, I was like, that's too complicated for me to understand. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think I did, too. <laughs> Over our heads. <laughs> I was like, wow, someday I'll understand Frustrated Incorporated, but not yet. Yeah. 
I think I did. Like, I just love the way it sounded. I remember when I think back on this song, just like humming along with it, kind of like a doofus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Incredible. Anyway, it, that that thought sort of made me think about all the times where, like, <laughs> where you don't understand shit when you're a kid. I remember I had this friend in elementary school who, like, in an elementary school, no one understands anything. But I had this one friend who would like la- be laughing hysterically. Like he had this like really hot, like strong laugh. Like he couldn't stop laughing sometimes. Cute. But I remember this thing would happen where he'd be laughing hysterically. And then it, at the end, he'd be like, I don't get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like it was clear that he like didn't understand. But like you can that happens to you when you're a kid so anyway that's how i felt about frustrated incorporated put me out of my misery i'll do it for you if you'll do it for me that's wild it's pretty dark yeah it's really dark and yet this song is just like it's just a wonderful fun song to sing to i don't even it like sounds like something you would sing like gathered around a campfire or something yeah yeah holding hands being like frustrated yeah oh my god oh that's funny amazing perfect song all right all right dude um okay so let's discuss my number one which was not on your list incredibly not on my list yeah (laughs) didn't make the cut little ditty called runaway train so many secrets i could Promise myself I wouldn't leave. One more promise I couldn't keep. It seems no one can help me now. I'm in too deep. There's no way out. This time I have really led myself astray. Runaway train never going back. Wrong way. Like I should be getting somewhere Somehow I'm neither here nor there Yeah, what a gigantic hit. Wow. Oh my gosh, such a huge hit. And like, Do such... I need to explain myself or is can can we just It's it's like my number 4. Yeah, I mean, I guess you do need to explain yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I just like it just came in fourth this week. Like I'm listening to Soul Asylum songs. I'm like fucking freaking out about Summer of Drugs, which I had never heard before. And then Black Gold and Misery are just I just like love when they come on. And I realized that if I was ranking them in terms of wh- what ones I wanted to come on next, Runaway Train came in fourth for me. Yeah, I think that's that makes sense. And like I guess I I said to you like I it didn't even occur to me that I could not choose this as my number one song. Like in, and then you didn't have it on your list. And I was like, wait, like, I felt like I just had to, because it was just like, yeah. yeah, Like, because it was such a breakthrough hit and like, it was such like a, uh, it was like a, it had such a big cultural impact. Like it was like, I feel like it's like, like how to talk about this song. It's like, there's the song and then there's the video, 
which mm-hmm. like so did you watch the video this week i, I could i couldn't you do did it, it. oh my god well i listen i remember it more than any other video like i mean i did too like i mean i guess i don't know if that's accurate to say i remembered it more than any other video but like it certainly like burned itself into my memory as a child like as as it probably did to anyone who's ever watched it but like i watched it this week and it was like i mean yeah like it's like anyone who plans to watch it should be warned that it is just like absolutely (laughs) devastating like it's like you will think like oh, I remember that video, but then you'll watch it and you'll be weeping by the end because there's like, there's so many reasons to weep. Like, it's just so, it's very, it's a video I don't think that would be made today. Like, it's so, like, it's like, so, okay, like, obviously they have like the images of like missing children, like throughout the video with like their names and stuff, which is like devastating. Um, And then like, but it also has like all these like, like live action, like, like narratives that are like suggesting like runaways and like missing children and kidnapping. And it's just like really, really hard to watch. Um, But, um, but yeah, like, uh, so yeah, it's interesting because like the video was like, so the song is just like, so I did think, I think I read something online where it was like something about how the song is like about depression, right? Like, yeah, I read the same thing. And it doesn't seem like it's a song about like, you know, excuse me, like missing children. Um, Right, right. But then I guess like when they were making the video, like the director had this idea to like put in all this stuff to like make the video about, like missing children and like put in all these images and stuff. Um, and so it like, it's just so interesting how like the video became this like huge cultural phenomenon in this way. Yeah. Like I yeah. was, and, Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. Well, like the whole phenomenon of a song becoming a hit because of something like that, like that, that part, not that, that this is, that's the only reason this became a hit, but I think the reason it was their biggest hit is because it had this whole like weird, like crossover appeal of being this like anthem about missing children that he like very explicitly said, like he has this, what is the quote I wrote down? So people have this association with the song being about runaway children. But if you look at the lyrics, it's not, that's like what he said about it. (laughs) And it's like, it's so weird. I was having trouble imagining. I don't feel like that would happen now. Like now I don't think a piece of culture could be created and co-opted that like in a way that like immediately and clearly into some other purpose like because it's hard for me to imagine that happening in the same way well because we don't care about music videos anymore like yeah i guess that's why it's like it was this like huge yeah like the music video was just on all the time and you would just like see it and so it became like fused into everyone's understanding of the song but like yeah yeah, like it's it's crazy. Like I was reading about how like something like like twenty of like the thirty children included in the video were like found. Oh my god! Because of this video, and they like remade the video like like in the last like huh. ten years for like the anniversary of the song. Like wow, yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Um, but yeah, so it's like, how do you you can't there's like the actual content of the song and then there's like yeah. the music video, which like both yeah. are things we must discuss. But, um, 
It's true. I, that's a good way of thinking about it. I, like I was struggling to think about it. it. helps to just think of them as two separate things almost. It's like there's the life of the video and then there's the song that you fall in love with as a song. Yeah, because like the song is like it's like the song kind of like it like chills to the bone. <laughs> yeah. It's like a really like powerful song. And like, yeah, well, this is a song where it's like, so the first line is like, call you up in the middle of the night. Oh, like a firefly without a light. You were there like a blowtorch burning. I was a key that could use a little turning. Um, slow torch? Maybe he's there a blow- slow torch. Oh, I don't know. I always heard blowtorch burner. Blow- well, so it says slow <laughs> torch no on sense. Google, but I just opted okay. for blowtorch because that's what I always thought it was. But maybe yeah. that's wrong. A no, slow think, torch burning? I don't yeah, know. No, I think blowtorch. What even is a blowtorch? I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, related, like, what even is a runaway train? Oh, God. Trains can run away. Really? They can go out of control. Ah, scary. Oh, my God. Yes. There's an amazing movie from, like, 2011 called Unstoppable starring Whoa. Denzel Washington and Chris Pine. I fucking love it. And Amazing. it's about a runaway train. Wow. And then there's that Wesley Snipes, uh, Woody Harrelson movie called Money Train from the 90s with okay. J-Lo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's just like an out of control thing. Yeah. A right. Out of control train. An out of control train. Can't be train. stopped. Nope. Can't be stopped. Runaway yeah, train. I like that. Um, yeah. Like, when does he... Oh, yeah, here I am just drowning in the rain with a ticket for a runaway train. Oh, my God. What a thing to have. What a thing to have. Yeah, like, so call you up in the middle of the night. I was thinking about that in relation to um, somebody to shove where it's like I'm waiting by the phone. It's like there are these two Uh. different lines about the phone that are such different relationships to the phone. Like, it's like waiting by the phone is like, you're just like, you feel so lonely and sad and you're just like waiting for communication to happen. And then like call you up in the middle of the night is like, just like this like lifeline of like friendship. Oh my God. I love the distinction you're making. You're right. It's like one of them is a t-shirt and the other one is that t-shirt inside out. Ooh, yes. Oh my God. Ugh. Wait, I don't know. I just had to say, um, day and night, earth and sky. Yeah. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Elemental, dude. It's so good. Oh, that's so good. Everything is cut. Co- oh, that's right. He says, okay, I'm, I'm just jumping all over the place. I'm sorry. I'm, Please do. I can't. No, I, like... I'm going to do it too. Okay, wait. I can I can go where no one else can go. I know what no one else knows. Here I am just drowning in the rain with a ticket for a runaway train. And everything is cut and dry, day and night, earth and sky. Somehow I just don't believe it. Oh, my God. To not it's, believe that it. Line, yeah, that line kills me. And it's like the reverse of that. Uh, it's like the Rainbow Connection line. What is that line in Rainbow Connection that's like, I've heard it too many times to ignore it. Or it's like, oh, uh, some some people, some, some choose try to, to believe, believe them. It. I think uh, choose to believe it. I know they're wrong. Wait and see. Like, <gasps> Ooh, right? Yeah, something like that. It reminds. It's always reminded me of that. It's like wow. Uh, it's really a good. I mean, like as a person who is familiar with depression, like the this song has like a lot of shit in it that just really like 
feels true to the experience like yeah a, a line like the line that always that just kills me in this song is this time i have really led myself astray oh it's my God. so like vague and but in like it it like encompasses so much you can I, i'm like afraid to even think about it it's like yes that's oh, so good yeah, like how on earth did I get so jaded? Life's mysteries seem so faded. <gasps> yeah. Like, Ugh. I don't even know what to say. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, yeah, and the way he sings this song, it's just like it's just very um yeah, cuts cuts like a knife. <laughs> I like the I wanted to talk a little bit about the similes and metaphors at the beginning, like like a firefly without a light, or I was a key that could use, like mm. you were there, like a blowtorch burning. I could, I was a key that could use, like um, oh, yes, that kind of like starting a song off with these like th- that's nostalgic in a similar way to the other thing we were like, uh, like thinking back in time about the hippies or something. Like, mm. um, there's a like. That sort of comparison making feels like when you make a comparison like that, it's always in the past. I was, it's like not, I'm going to be like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I was, I was this and you were that. Like way back when, when we were in love or whatever, I was X and you were Y and they're Mm. like metaphors. Yeah. So it's like I think Bob Seger does a lot. Whoa. (laughs) Unfamiliar with the Bob Seger catalog, unfortunately. It's just like a lot of songs about nostalgia. How good it used to be. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. It's like nostalgia for what it used to be like. You were there. But yeah, it's like, it's weird because it's like, yeah, this person is like really being sort of caught by this other person, I guess. Mm, You're like a firefly without, to be a firefly without a light. And then you kind of like are... The, you put a lifeline out on the phone mm. and are like caught by someone who has a torch burning and yeah. then like yeah a key that could use a little turning is really is really cool i love the torch also like um one of my favorite ways of saying that you're that you like someone is that you're carrying a torch <gasps> oh yes no totally yeah like i'm carrying yeah. a flame for them or something yeah yeah Ooh, yeah that's good so tired that I couldn't even sleep. So many secrets I couldn't keep. Promised keep myself I wouldn't weep. One more promise I couldn't keep. It oh, seems no one can help me <laughs> now. <laughs> There's oh. no way out. <laughs> oh my God. Seems yeah. like I should be getting somewhere. Yeah, this song is like a deep sixth grade, maybe even fifth grade mm. vibe. Like I just remember, like, well, yeah, and the video is like, ugh. I was, I was thinking about how, like, <laughs> definitely, like, early nineties. I even into the eighties. Like, I definitely spent like my whole childhood, like, sort of like morbidly fascinated with missing children. Like, did you yeah, also face do this? on the milk carton? Yes, face on the milk carton. Yes. I'm looking yeah. up what year that book came out. I looked it up yesterday. It was 1990 incredible yeah i remember it was like a new book about this thing i was terrified of yes yeah like i spent like my whole childhood like in absolute terror of being kidnapped yeah 
Like, just, like, thought about it all the we time. We all did. <laughs> we all did. And I think it was, like, because I was reading about, like, the, um, like, I do think uh, that, well, I was reading about, like, this video and then, like, I think there were, like, a number of, like, high-profile, like, kidnappings in the, like, mid-80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. it was like, I don't know, like I was telling you, I was like reading about like JC Dugard who like was kidnapped in the nineties and like, mm. yeah, horrible story. Um, that like, I feel like has, I've read a lot about for some reason, but like, um, the, uh, the, oh, so it was, I was reading that like the missing children's movement started in the mid eighties, oh. like the photos on milk cartons campaign was something that came out of the like missing children's movement that started in the mid eighties. So it makes sense that this was something that like was very particularly present in our childhoods. Like, like that's fucking insane. Like we don't have that on milk cartons anymore. Right. I don't know. When's the last time I I don't even buy a milk carton. (laughs) I do, but I was buying milk for a little while, but like, I don't, I feel like you wouldn't see that. On I don't think carton. my oat milk. I don't think my oat milk has any like. <laughs> but I think it's something particular to the time period where like, shit was so yeah. like it's like you wouldn't do that anymore. I don't no. know if it's like a, a something like. It's like when you There's watch no- something like it's sort of. I think part of it was like post nine eleven. Like it's like we want to like keep people from feeling scared. Or something yeah. like it's like there. I feel like when we were kids, it's like there was so much media about like like scary shit that could happen to happen to children. Like I feel like yeah. I was always watching like Punky Brewster episodes about like oh, like yeah. Punky Brewster herself was like a fucking child left at a grocery store, right? Yep. And she was constantly like running away, like yeah. And then like yeah, like there were episodes of like other shows that were about like kidnapping like it was just like very dark content on like media aimed at children and like yeah like what like i feel like you wouldn't put a photo of a missing child on a milk carton nowadays because it's like too dark we like don't want to go there as a culture or something in our everyday lives at breakfast i don't know i think you're right yeah i also think we i don't think there's like there were fewer brands so like and milk was a thing everyone I don't know. Now it's like there's all these different kinds of milk and like yeah, I don't know. It's like part of it too. I don't think you could you could hit milk cartons. I don't think it would have the same like Ugh. um reach. What would it, what what should it be on? It should be like a push notification. Ugh. Yeah, it's true. Like media is just so like <clears throat> what's the word? Like stratified? Is that a word? Yeah, I don't know. Um, we're kind of going off the rails, maybe like a runaway train. Milk cartons eventually stopped featuring missing children, missing children in the late eighties after prominent. Oh, after prominent pediatricians like Benjamin Spock and T. Barry Brazelton worried that they frightened children unnecessarily. Even as they waned, however, portraits on cartons remained a potent symbol. Yeah, they definitely frightened children. Like, I don't know. True. Um, which maybe that's okay, but yeah, definitely was like a very present <clears throat> thing, um, in our, in our children, in our childhood in like the early nineties, I think to be talking about this. Oh yeah. Do you, um, wait, so you like, uh, you were talking about how this has been like, like a lifelong obsession. Um, 
and I I hear you, um, and I'm wondering, like, is that like I do this thing every once in a while where I read about serial killers on the internet? Oh like, yeah, for out- sure. Yeah. So are you reading about like kidnappings while I'm reading about serial killers? No, I think I'm also reading about serial killers. Like, I think it's just like general, like morbid, like scary. I don't know. Like, yeah, I do think like being a kid at this time, like, I think like it was, I was reading these books. Like, it's like, yeah, like reading like face on the milk carton and just like reading like really dark children's books. Like as a kid, um, yeah, like reading this book about it was called like a girl, the girl in the box. It was like written, oh written in the voice of a girl that was kidnapped and in a box writing the book. Like it was like her journal. Like it's just like a chill book to give to a child. Like it's like that's I don't know. I feel like yeah, I don't know. Wow, it's just something that's yeah, morbidly fascinating. I guess. I'm the girl oh in the gosh. box. <laughs> oh, yeah, I really would like to spend some time with the um the what's it called? Face on the milk carton. Face on the milk carton. It's like a whole series. Her name is like Janie. It's like that's like a weird fantasy of like kidnapping where it's like you what not fa- fantasy is the wrong fantasy is clearly the wrong word. What I'm saying is like um that it's about having you're like in your like what feels like your life that is your normal life and then you see that you were the face on the milk carton right <laughs> right right like it's like the I'm reverse just like laughing the- at your use of the second person <laughs> for some reason well it felt very immediate to me <laughs> it is yeah no i get it <laughs> wait like oh i see what you're saying like it's like it's a different <laughs> relationship to the it's missing, still bad. Yeah, the <laughs> missing person is like the it you the narrator is a missing child, but yeah. we're in her everyday life. Yeah, the Janie yeah. Johnson series definitely like huh. inhaled wow. that series as a child. Would really like yeah, they made like a I think they made a book about it. A I'm series remembering of young a adult TV novels movie. written by Caroline B. Cooney. I definitely remember. The series focused on a young woman attempts to discover the truth about her background after seeing her image on a milk carton. Yeah. Yeah, there was like a TV movie, but there was also a um there was like a a four television film called Oh yeah, I guess that was in the nineties. I thought maybe it was Who like was later. in that? Does it say who was in that? You've already put it away. No, the face of it was Oh, in 1995, the face on the milk carton was combined with whatever happened to Janie and made into a four TV film called The Face on the Milk Carton on Fox Family, starring Kelly Martin. Oh, she's on Life Goes On. Oh, she's like the girl from Life Goes On. On. Yeah, okay, that's it. That's it. That's the thing that was in my head. It was the girl from Life Goes On. Oh, my God. Seriously. Man, at some point we got to do a Life Goes On episode. Oh my God. Definitely. Yeah, the girl. What the hell? Oh, The Girl in the Box by Wita Sebastian. Okay, another one. To anybody out cool. there, my name is Jackie McGee. I am the girl who disappeared. Listen to the news, etc. Terrifying. Oh that God. was 1988. So, yeah, just a vibe of like things we were taking in as children. You could get kidnapped, and you could also fall in a well. You could fall in a well. 
like baby Jessica. Yeah. yeah that was like earlier in the 80s, right? Yeah, I think. But I remember it. Yeah. Maybe I just remember hearing about oh, it. Oh no, I've 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 Googled yeah, okay. I've Googled baby Jessica yeah, now okay. in the last year probably. <laughs> <laughs> well on that note. Oh boy. <laughs> join us next week for Baby Jessica Talk. Oh boy. On the Baby Jessica podcast. Um no, but seriously, folks, uh <laughs> thank you for listening. Um, you can hit us up on the internet. Yeah. Uh, you can, what's the thing? Oh, uh, like subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Subscribe on Apple. On What is it? Apple podcasts. And also anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere, I guess. And leave us a review if you'd like. That would be awesome. Yeah. We'd like that. Um, our theme music is by Golden West Service featuring Shreddy Vetter. And we'll see you soon. See you next time.